Nice. Beautiful. How's it going? Hey, good, Evan. Yeah, yeah. And uh, thanks for sending me a copy. Yes. You're my buddy. Absolutely. How, how's your young puppy doing? Your young dad? How's he doing? He's good. He's doing all right. He's uh, six and a half months old. So he's going to be seven months here actually in a week and a half or two weeks. So so he's he's growing a little too what, fast what you, for our liking, you, but he's growing. So That's awesome. That is so cool. So cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us again. My, my pleasure. How's that young Brad doing? Still growing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still growing. Getting old a little too fast, just like uh, just like Evan's son Bennett, but yeah. doing well otherwise. Healthy good, and, good. and uh, doing well. Good. That's great, guys. Yeah. How's everybody so, on your end, Molly? Everybody's good. Everybody's good. Yeah, working away. And our youngest daughter Emma is <clears throat> her and her hubby and her two of our grandkids are are packing up and heading to Edmonton. You oh, know, really? it's such a good move. They, uh, he can work anywhere. He's a programmer. And they, they couldn't afford to buy a house in Squamish. They couldn't afford to buy a house in the lower mainland. So they, uh, they said, well, it's either Edmonton or Ottawa. <laughs> wow. So they headed to yeah. Edmonton. Yeah. Good. You know, that's, that's our new news. That's pretty common. Uh, a lot of people bailing out of the lower mainland just yeah. based on the expense. And for young people especially, very, very difficult. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Jenny and I have been looking for, you know, on-the-water homes on the island. And um, we're, I think we told you we're renting here in White Rock, which is perfect. We're just going to wait it out. Yeah. Um, and I think we're we're pretty convinced now that we have that little – piece of property in East Souk. And I think we're, we're just going to really focus on building there. Nice. And so, you said yeah. pretty, pretty well versed in that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're excited about that. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just, uh, make that happen and hope that the Marina goes in the guys, you know, promised to put a Marina in. Oh, wow. And, uh, so that's the goal. And, uh, so that'll happen over the next two years. No hurry. No hurries. So we're trying to, you know, turn our business around and, and, uh, and uh, write the book and, you know, keep moving on that front. So I, it really focuses me. I don't, we don't have to look anymore. We just, uh, we just build in the future. So you've never, uh, you've never been one to let a lot of grass grow under your feet. Hey, eh, Wally. Yeah. I'm like you guys, I keep moving. We keep growing. So Right. Now, now, Evan, what about those Leafs? What's going on, buddy? With the Leafs? Well, that, the funny thing that you mentioned it, because I was going to actually start this off by prompting you with, with the question of um, the mentality in a dressing room, because you've been in a dressing room. Uh, mentality in a dressing room when a game or a series is tied and you've either bl blown a lead or you've come back. You know, the, the mentality of, you know, one versus the other. You've blown a lead versus you've come back. And what that does in a dressing room, leadership-wise and all that stuff. It's really an interesting question. You know, I think um, I've been on both sides of that. So 
<clears throat> obviously momentum such a key component. You know, you look at, at game seven, um, you know, uh, Toronto obviously coming off the loss. I, I, I think there's, there's such a swing in the playoffs of, of energy and momentum. You know, you go from feeling so excited, you're up by a game, and then you're up by two games. And then uh, you're starting to lose it. You know, you lose a game and it's like, it's, you're done. You know, it's, <clears throat> and I think what's happened in Toronto and in Edmonton is there's, there's, um, you know, uh, it's interesting, you know, as you sort of read scripture, you, you look at faith and you look at fear. And, and a lot of people live their life through, you know, oh no, right? I'm losing it. There's this fear factor, and, and I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's normal. And, and I think the one thing that I'm watching, and you guys are too, in life, can we learn how to lose? That's an interesting thought. You know, you look at Toronto, and I say that carefully, and then you look at Edmonton, and it's, it's almost like it's the mindset you know, they're a good team. Both are brilliant teams. And they're, they're you know, hopefully they're going to take the next step. But so far in their evolution, they've found ways to lose. And, and so the question is, and I love your question, you know, you're in the dressing room. You're losing that momentum. What have you trained your brain to do at that point? Do you follow the negative momentum and go like the press goes and like the fans go, here we go again. <laughs> or do you have the strength of character in the dress room, probably coming from older um, leaders that have been through it, that can say, no, 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 one shift, one period, one game, right? You, you, you chunk it down. And, you know, I'm, uh, and you, you, you put your best foot on, you know, best game on the ice, you know, shift by shift. So uh, I've been where I have a great question. I've been where I have lost the momentum. Our team has lost the momentum. And you look back, you know, when we lost against Calgary, so we were up two games to one against the flames in 86 and, and all we had to do was win game four, right? We're up three games to one. We're going to win the series. We lost game four. Say now you're in game five and they've got the momentum and we lose game five. And now you're in game six and they're starting to close it out. Now we, we did the same thing to, to Calgary in 86. We turned that corner, right? And we had momentum. We just keep, kept moving. So yeah, it's a fascinating uh, question. And I think that, you know, the three of us, I think are probably pretty concerned for the Leaf um, dressing room right now and the Euler dressing room right now. And then the question, I'd be interested to get your guys' ideas, is if you're a, a, in management in both those organizations, you can't panic because everybody's waiting to get your top players, right? And they want it for a fire sale. <laughs> yeah. so you can't panic and yet you have to do something 
So, Brad, you're the GM of the Oilers. What are you going to do, buddy? Man, a little uh, salary cap hocus pocus for one thing. Um, But there have to be, as you know, because you were one of those guys in demand um, as a leader and as a locker room presence, as a, as a veteran, you were one of those guys that even uh, to the end of your career, you were in demand. There's gotta be, there's gotta be some, uh, some Ryan Walter presence out there to change that mentality from, Oh no, here we go again to, Oh no, this is not happening. You, I am not letting this get away. This is not how we're going to do it. I don't care what the press says. I don't care what social media yeah. says. It is not going to happen. And it's just that that will and stubbornness and, and things <laughs> like that. But yeah. uh, there's, uh, you certainly, uh, in the case of Edmonton, if you're the GM there, you can't go out and pay for much because you're cap-strapped. But you, you've got to have that. And, and who knows where it comes from, that, that what we always called chemistry is such an elusive thing that, um, you know, you just, I guess you just have to wish that there was still one of the Sutter brothers available or something like that, because that's a, that's a name that comes to mind when addressed underneath some glue in it. Well, the topic of this, it brings, it was brought up before we started recording, just because, you know, me being an Avalanche fan, they're up 2-0 against Vegas. And now it's 2-2. Two, two. Yep. So now it's, you know, what's their dressing room like? Is Landeskog yep. your uh, true leader? Is Bednard, you know, a, a bench boss? Is, you know, what's going to happen? Or does this series get away from him? So Edmonton's thing, is though, and we've talked about it before, Edmonton's thing, though, is a little more complicated than Toronto's just because and it's nothing against the young guys that Edmonton has, but they don't have anybody that can go with McDavid. So McDavid can score a hundred points every year like he does. And that's great. But come playoff time, playoffs are a whole different animal and they key in on dry and McDavid. And when those two guys get shut down, Edmonton can't win hockey games. So you need proper depth around McDavid and dry And right now Edmonton doesn't have it. That's different than Toronto. Toronto's got the skill. They've got the depth. You could argue they lack consistency. They lack proper leadership. They lack size and aggressiveness, whatever. But they're, at least for Toronto, they're in a little bit of a different boat than Edmonton. Good point. So I, um, you, you talked about faith and, uh, and, and that mentality of, of what do we do now uh, early on. And I, I remember... <laughs> I remember back in the early eighties uh, that you experienced all, uh, all the way through. I remember the 83, 82, 83, 84 Oilers talking about getting beaten by uh, the Islanders. And they all said, we, we really had to learn how to lose. Yeah. And I just, I, you're familiar with Max Lucado, the author. Yeah. Uh, I just heard him say, uh, or, or read uh, just a few days ago, that as his kids were graduating, and I heard the same thing from Denzel Washington giving a, giving a commencement address at Fordham University. They said, I, I wish you failure. Yeah. Which really came out weird, but when you stop and think about it, 
how much stronger do you get when you get whatever you want? Yeah. And how much stronger do you get when you have to spend extra summers in the gym and extra time in physio and, you know, like you, you've been there, you know it, you've been to the top, you know that nothing makes you stronger than adversity. Yep. It's true. So wishing your, wishing your graduate or your, your, uh, young son or daughter failure as they go out into the world is a, is a, an uncommon thing for a, a parent or a mentor to say, but it, it makes sense. eh? Totally. Totally. And you know, that's, I guess that's where you, what you were saying earlier about whether, whether these teams, uh, whether the, the nucleus of leadership in that, in those dressing rooms, whether they look at this and say, you know, we're, we're going to get this done and it's a matter of will yep. or, Oh my gosh, you know, it's the fear or fear or faith, uh, idea. And it's, it's a matter of will. Yep. Um, when way back when, uh, and Evan can tell you this story too, but when I, I put a, I had our, our high school team uh, watching a video, a documentary video on one of the um, Navy SEAL classes, the, you know, what they put those kids through. Yep. And the guys that, the guys that came through and the, the success rate was about, I don't know, 12% or something. The washout rate was in the high 80s the guys that made it were not the biggest and strongest. They weren't the guys who could bench press and, and everything else uh, more than anybody else. They were the guys with the strongest will. Yes. And that's all. And a hundred percent of them were the guys who said, I don't care what you do. I don't care what you do to me. You can't beat me. You, you can't make me quit. And that's, yes. uh, that's probably where, that winner mentality comes from after you've been slapped around a little bit. Eh? Yeah. yeah, you're right. Totally right. Totally right. You, are you going to start us off, Evan, or do you want me to jump in on that? You, you jump in. Uh, we're kind of already rolling. So you jump hey, in. Awesome. Uh, we kind of want right to get moving on it before we get cut off like last time. So yeah, uh, no problem. That's awesome. Unfortunately, yeah, you know, but I, I love where you guys are going. I mean, I think that's the topic on the minds of most people. You know, you know, when the game's on the line, uh, you want to be the player that makes it happen. Now, I get it's a good point that you know Gretzky had some room because Messier was the second centerman. So yeah, you know, if Gretzky doesn't score, then if you if you if you take him away. And and that's the, the the thing in the playoffs is there's no no holds barred. You, the coaching staff. I've been on a team before where my job was just to follow Gretz around the ice and make sure he got no no points. Yeah. So so if you do that successfully and the other guy scores, now you're in trouble because you're you know it's not going to happen. But that's what Winnipeg did, right? Obviously, yeah. Uh, to the two big boys. You take that, you take that away, and you can win the game. the The other thing that's interesting to watch now is, in those series, uh, both goaltenders, Winnipeg and Montreal, uh, they won the series. I'm not. I don't think the other two goaltenders necessarily lost the series. They were okay, 
but they didn't win the series. And, and right now you're seeing, you know, carry prices in that mode where, you know, when in 86, in the eighties, when, uh, when Patrick, sorry about that, when Patrick Waugh, uh, there we go. When Patrick Waugh was in that mode, I mean, you know, you, you just won games. So, so, you know, you, you put that on the table too. Yeah. But the dressing room, like how do you, so how do you shift that now when you've got a whole summer to think about it um, is really the stuff for, you know, uh, for, for fodder, for the, the three of us are fans, we can talk about it. But then if you're the GMs of those two teams, what do you do now? Right. Right. We got a lot and of decisions to make if you're both those teams, just simply um, this off season, we've talked about it ourselves of the expansion draft so now you have seattle coming in and now you've got to navigate not only what do you do with your organization to set yourself up for success next season yeah but how do you navigate that while also making the best decision along those lines in who you expose for seattle so and with the flat salary cap there's a lot of lot of interesting decisions that these that every team, but especially the teams that either didn't make the playoffs or failed out of the playoffs, are yep. facing. So Ryan, uh, that's a great question, and I I, I want to kind of flip that back on you. Um, you've been in the front office, you've been in the dressing room, you've been on the ice for for your whole life. What? I mean, I know now we have, we live in an era of more um, salary cap issues and, and analytics and things like that. But when you're looking for that solution and you're saying, what, what is that, that chemistry, that, that Ryan Walter, that Sutter brother, the, the, what is it we're looking for? What do we need in here? How do you go about that? Do you, do you get your, your player development staff together? Do you have your, your leadership nucleus in the dressing room? How, where does a guy turn to say, I know we have to do something. Don't panic like what you said earlier, but what, where do we start to fix this? It's got to be tweaked. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be, I mean, I think uh, Brad, uh, you know, it's it, obviously it's not going to be overnight. And I think in the, in the era of, you know, everything's got to happen now. Um, it, this is difficult. I think it's growth. You know, if, if, if you're, if you're looking at, it's gotta be a long-term plan because again, you know, everybody's waiting to pick up your top players and on a fi- with a fire sale, um, because they know you're under pressure to, to win tomorrow. But I, I think, I think that, I think the key component for me right now is, the idea, and, and, and the NHL doesn't like to focus on this, but the idea that leadership capacity um, grows, right? Like, like not just, um, you know, pointing to the top, you know, Matthews or Dreisaitl or not just your top guys, but throughout, you know, throughout your team, you look at the influence that, and I, I think we've talked about this before, but, you know, the fourth line and the fifth line on teams during the playoffs have a lot of influence on the mindset of that dressing room. 
So it's, it's not just saying, McDavid, we're going to send you to school. It's really having a look at, at the leadership capacity throughout your dressing room, throughout your, you know, organization. And then, you know, what we've been talking about is will is, is you know, resilience. Like it's the stuff of pandemics, right? It's the stuff of COVID right now. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's Brad, your point, people have to go through hard times to get better. And, and when you're in a place of fear, you can stay there or you can turn towards faith. And I, I think that that's, that's, you know, just read it a whole bunch more times uh, where, you know, where, where the scripture says, uh, do not fear. Yeah. Do not fear. Do not fear. That's that's such an easy thing to say and such a hard <laughs> thing to do. But, oh my it, but it must be important. Like it, it uh, the fear attitude brings in negativity, and it it just it closed. It creates that that Carol Dweck's idea that fixed mindset. That I guess I'm not good enough. Yeah. Instead of opening up right into that faith component that says, hey, we lost last year. We're going to get better. We're going to work harder. And we're going to make this work. So it's that simple. I think you have to get it down to something that the guys, the players can can grasp. And uh, and the I think the first move, though, is to make sure that management in both cities are solid, secure, and, and the coach, coaching staff is solid and secure because if those two areas are, are afraid, then it'll rub off on the players. You know, it's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because I've, I've always been, and Evan's probably sick over the years of hearing this over and over, but fish rot from the head. So if you've got, a suspect ownership group. They, they may not hire all the best people. They, and that filters down from, from the guy who wrote the big check all the way down to the trainers and the, you know, the, like everybody. And then what kind of the team you put on the ice. And if you have that stability, the faith, the confidence, the, the will, uh, right from the top, then you've got uh, an ownership the, the group that's going to hire like-minded people to run the run the ship for them. The last thing that a 21-year-old kid wants to see is his leadership, whether it's in the dressing room or in the, uh, you know, up in the press box, they're in an absolute panic and an uproar. You know, nothing good can come from that. So that's, you know, it's a great point. And uh, it brings me to another question for you. Last time you were on, we talked about your quadrant of player to uh, from fan to player, from yeah. soft to hard. So you're you're back in that thing where and you and having played in Montreal for so for so long, how much of that attitude when you were in when you were in Montreal, Ryan, that city and that ownership group that whole place expected to win a Stanley cup every single year. Yeah. How much of that affected you? How did it affect you? People talk about the pressure, but, but that's, you know, no pressure, no diamonds as the saying goes. So how did that affect that quadrant that you've put together 
uh, from soft to hard and from fan to player. Yeah, you, you really have to. Um, you know, I, th I think you, w when you're under pressure, you learn a lot about yourself. And, you know, I think I did coming to Montreal, uh, you know, as the headline in the Montreal Gazette said, uh, worst trade in NHL history. <laughs> you know, so, <clears throat> so I learned a little bit about myself there and I had to learn how to get out of that. Yeah. I think the other side, though, um, is with those expectations, uh, you, you know, you, you either learn how to win or you learn how to lose. <clears throat> Lots of guys came and went from Montreal and Rick Green and I were fortunate to stay there pretty much through, you know, the, the, the bulk of the eighties and really learn from that group. You know, we had the, the Robinsons and the Lafleurs and the Ganeys and the Schutz and all of that. And so you, you learn from, you know, the, the players on your team. Um, but, but, you know, I think it still comes down to sort of a personal choice and, and the quadrant to go, just to go back to, you know, where are we, you know, from a <clears throat> North South point of view, do we enter the building as a fan or do we enter the building as a player? And I, I love the concept because we use it a lot with corporate America, right? You know, and, and, and that side of the quadrant is, uh, belief system and mindset. So how do we come into the season? How do we, uh, I guess we would say, you know, actually come into um, the game? So are we, are, you know, what's our belief system? What's our mindset? So that would be the place that, you know, that we could say, okay, you know, every player on either team, you know, how, how was their preparation? How did they, did they enter, you know, to, as a player to make it happen, to be accountable or did, you know, was it a, a place where, you know, they weren't ready to make, you know, when the game's on the line, who wins the game? And then, and then the soft heart is the East West side. <clears throat> and the idea of soft is, you know, we hate that word, but when the game's on the line, who competes? So, 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 you know, that's where a soft fan is obviously not the position that we want, you know, ourselves or our people to be. But if we're up in that place called, we might call it a, a hard fan, right? Then we know we need to work on preparation, uh, mindset, belief system. If we're in that place where we're a soft player then we we know we need to work on grit right or, and and when the game's on the line who shows up and and how you do those things as organizations is really interesting you know how how do you build that uh how do you you know how will your players respond um some coaches take away ice time Right. Some coaches push buttons because they've got to get they have to build the, the resilience of their player. And they want to know when the game's on the line, will this guy play or or will he not? So it, it becomes north south, a fan player, east west, soft heart. It becomes a simple sort of, you know, we call it the four helmets. <laughs> of uh, just looking at, at the players on your team. And I, I want to say this again. I said it last time. 
I, I want to be really careful about this quadrant, guys. I don't want us to personalize this. People, it's a point in time. Players on the Toronto Maple Leafs are not soft. No. They might have played soft in game seven. I'm, I'm not here to judge them. It's in a point in time, and I think the beauty is the difference between where we are today and where we can be. And that's the growth of every person that's, you know, listening in and watching in on what we're doing here is we all get a chance to grow. A tool for improvement. 100%. Yeah. And so would you, going back to your quadrant, I was thinking about this last week and not being, since, since fans can't physically go from being a fan to a player, is that more of a, the fan reference, is that more like someone who is kind of on the sidelines, doesn't have a big influence on the outcome? I mean, you might be a player, but if you're in that fan, north-south fan category kind of, or a little too much, maybe you figure yourself as not somebody having a big influence on the outcome. You want to win, but you, you're maybe you're not so eager to jump over the boards when it's tied in the third period, right? Something like, is that what that leads to? 100%. And I think the idea, the idea is not that you're sitting in the stands, you know, we're, we're all, we're all participating. The idea is, is how did you come into the building? Right. Were how, what was your preparation like? Did you come in, in a nonchalant, okay, you know, I don't care, you know, if we win or lose, it doesn't matter, I got paid anyway. Right. Right, that's the fan mentality. So on the, on the North-South, it's more about belief system and mindset. It's, it's how we prepared to play the game. Okay. Players okay. come in, and I think that maybe even a better way to look at it is a fan comes to work, let's take it into corporate North America, a fan puts in the time, comes to work, gets paid, and can't wait to leave, can't wait to get home. The player comes to win. So it's not about the hours put in. It's about accomplishing the job and, and that you're loyal for the time you're with the company. You're 100% loyal. You're in. You're a leader. You make things happen. Right, you're you're the person that they're they're gonna you know take to the next level. Well, that's um that's really that puts a different light on it for me. You know, coming the fan comes to work to get his paycheck and go home at five. The yep. player comes to work to affect the outcome to get the win, irrespective yes. of what time of day it is or what happens on the first and the fifteenth. And from a preparation point of view, Brad, just what you said can happen to any player in the world and any person in the world. Yeah. That's why we're just, you know, you come to win, you come to work, you know, fan player. And that that's, I just think it's an attitude versus a position. Everybody's on the team. Right. But what, what kind of, what kind of focus, what kind of mindset, what kind of belief system do we bring do we come in the, the fan gate, the turnstile, or do we, we come in the player entrance? Yeah. Are we ready? Good point. 
Yeah, that's that's really uh, that's that's really illuminating. I, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I got I got to tell you too before I forget. Uh, when I was listening to the Denzel Washington uh, commencement address, he was talking about having something to fall back on, and he said, "I really don't like that term." And I thought of you immediately because he said, "I I always wanted to fall forward." Yes, and good. I think one of your first books you talked about failing forward. That we're all yes. going to fail, but you fail forward. You fail executing something. It might not always work, but you fail trying. And I, so I thought about you when he said that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and John Maxwell, I'll give him the, the credit. He he wrote the book Failing Forward in the you know in the early '80s. But I love that concept, and and it's it's a great one for life. I mean, I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's. Uh, Hockey is life and life is hockey. And we, we the three of us love to look at the game, but it, it's really every concept we talk about is really about, you know, for all of us. I mean, uh, this, this is about the game of life. When the game's on the, on the, when the game is on the ice, when the game's on the line, who participates, you know, who, who, who wants the puck. And I, I think that's a great life skill. Absolutely. Like nobody, we all know that nobody wins every night. You have to come to the rink expecting to win. You walk in and you always believe that you're going to win every single time, no matter what. But it doesn't always work that way. So how do you respond to that? And uh, we can't always choose or affect the outcome, but we can always choose the response. Eh? Yeah, to totally. And I, you know, I, I love um, Victor Frankel has a great, a great thought there. He says, between stimulus and response is a space. Wow. Let me say that <laughs> one more time. Between stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space is our power to choose. And in that choice lies our growth and our freedom. Wow. And I think that what, what we do in leadership development and trying to help people grow and coaching and all of that is, I think that's what we do now is, is for ourselves and for others, we help people define and expand that space. Because in, in today's world, we don't want to react. We want to be more intentional. And that's, I think, great leaders in 2021 uh, expand that space, right? So it's not just me reacting. <clears throat> it's me, you know, I'm prepared to be intentional. And I just love that thought between stimulus and response is a space. And that really defines our life, doesn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. I never thought about it that way. What's, what's that, uh, what's that name again? Franco? Yeah. The gentleman's name is Victor Frankel. And Frankel. He, he's a guy that, everybody should read his books because he lived it. He came out of a German um, concentration camp and lived, but his family did not. Oh, and, yeah. and so he has put in the experience. He has the experience to talk about these issues. He's uh, an amazing author. Maybe, maybe more so than anybody. Wow. Yeah. I had not heard of that. I'm going to look him up. That's a, that's a good reference. Well, we're already winning in this meeting because two hundred dollars later, and we have unlimited minutes, so we don't have time. <laughs> I got a ten-minute notice on the thing, so I had to shell out two hundred to go unlimited. Evan, oh, Evan, I'm telling you, 
We could go on for 52 days now, Evan. <laughs> so we are unlimited now, so let's keep going. You, you are an unlimited guy, Ev. See? That's awesome. Beautiful. Yeah, I've I, I got another one at the top of the hour, but uh, I'm all oh, yours yeah. then. <laughs> well, before we, uh, before we click out here, um, do, um, do let us know if, uh, if you guys want to include uh, Ben or Joe or anybody on one of these someday. Yes. Uh, if that works into your, into your program uh, or we, works for either one of them. As you sure. said early on, up to both of them, but I know they both have a lot to say and and uh, and great stories to tell about overcoming and things. So if that That'd works, we're all, we're all game. I've been thinking about Ben. It might be nice. <clears throat> Maybe what we do is, <clears throat> you guys are welcome to interview Ben on your own, but it might be nice uh, for for Ben and I to come on together yes. and just talk about uh, you know his pro career and and uh, all that he learned and i'll i'll just be a <clears throat> i'll i'll join you and evan and ask him questions i don't that'll be That's fun cool. because he uh he had such a great pro career and and uh you know learned a lot i mean here's you talk about a guy going through the hard times he you know he had what eight years in the american hockey league yeah, and i yeah. i think the the american hockey league is a harder league to play in than the nhl is because those guys are trying to beat up on you to get to the NHL, right? Yeah. Different style. Um, so again, anyway, sure. yeah, it's, uh, that would be um, great. That would be fun. So we'll, we'll work, we'll work to make that happen. Yeah. When Perfect. you talk about, when you talk about resilience and, and, uh, the work ethic and, and the faith and the mentality and that, that whole, like, what do you, who comes through the door? Is it the turnstile or the, or the uh, players? And, yeah. um, a guy who has had to struggle to make it and stay there, like Ben, uh, yeah. has a much different and and much more well-rounded quality, hard hard look at that whole mentality than uh, somebody who has you know come out of the very first round and jumps right to the show and you know has all the leverage when when payday comes. That 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 makes for a whole lot better. Uh, a whole lot better perspective for our listeners than than anybody else. I'd love to have him on. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, it's been quite a year. I mean, <clears throat> I've said to Ben, you know, as he's coaching the the uh, major midget program there in Nanaimo, I am so impressed with young coaches uh, for what they've just been through. And we talked about this last time. Imagine the drills you've got to come up with, right? There's There's no games. It's all practice. Every day is a practice. And just to keep things fresh and to keep your players' mindset, you know, on improving. And so I, I think it's it's going to be interesting to watch this generation grow up in light of the last year and a half uh, that we've called COVID. Yeah, it is. It's going to be uh, – there's going to be a lot of – we're going to have to look back on this five years from now and see those kids that were – uh, midgets and junior eligible and, and trying yes. to catch on uh, and through the minor leagues and stuff where that so many of which have been shut down uh, and see what kind of results that bears uh, in those kids in five years, because a lot, you know, mid mid twenties is a lot of times the telltale uh, of when uh, development. So it'll be, we're going to have to remember all that for sure. 
Yeah, I know you got to get going, hey? You got, uh, got another one coming? Yeah, we do, but that's okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. we can let you go. We appreciate you joining us again. And uh, Thanks, Evan. Yeah. yeah, it's always fun. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll just keep up a conversation. We'll look forward to our next time. And uh, yeah. you guys, when you figure out the Oilers and the Leaf, will you send me an email? <laughs> we've been we've been waiting for the phone during i keep it charged but it's just not you know daryl cates and uh mlse have not phoned me yet but i'm sure they will soon. they will soon totally totally <laughs> you can, absolutely you can give them the what for brad so that's good well listen thanks for joining us like evan said we uh, will have you on anytime talk to ben and and uh give our best to jen and everybody and we'll uh catch up with you again as soon as you have a chance awesome guys awesome evan sorry you had to spend the 200 bucks buddy maybe take it off your dad okay how's that <laughs> i would hope so this is our endeavor with the podcast i would hope he would at least go in for half but we'll yeah, see we'll, perfect. He's we'll how that goes so we'll work it out on the golf course yes <laughs> <laughs> see you guys Thank yeah, you. thanks ryan we appreciate it thank okay. you take yeah, care bye for now well, that was fun. Yeah, it was good. Good, good conversation. Job, good job. I think that's going to make a good recording. That's, yep, that's uh, good. He's, he's always very enlightening, very solid guy. Always liked yep. him. Well, but, thanks for joining yourself. Yeah, thank you. 